All right, uh, today uh, we're going to be looking uh, again at the promised uh, king. And there's another passage I want to touch on, Psalm 89. Uh, but first we can go to 2 Samuel 7. We'll just quickly uh, read through there. And just to remind you, uh, 1 Samuel is about the shift from the period of the judges ruling over God's people uh, to uh, the period of the monarchy. And so it's all about uh, God raising up uh, his anointed king and his uh, anointed priest of that time. Uh, and so we looked at uh, the two kings, uh, Saul and David, uh, and compared them, Saul a Benjaminite, uh, David a uh, uh, Bethlehemite from, from Judah. Uh, and we saw that uh, David was God's uh, true uh, anointed king uh, that he had spoke about uh, long, long ago uh, in the, the, the line of the uh, promised kingship uh, that would be in uh, Judah. Uh, and we saw this uh, through uh, David's lineage, uh, that he was a Bethlehem, Bethlehemite from uh, Judah, uh, just like in uh, Genesis 49, Jacob's blessing of his uh, 12 sons, the, the 12 tribes of Israel, that, uh, that Judah uh, was uh, a lion's cub, and uh, with him would be the, the scepter uh, and the uh, authority to rule uh, in Israel. And then uh, we also compared their uh, conquests and battles. Uh, and we saw that uh, Saul, uh, although God used him to uh, begin to defeat some of their enemies, uh, such as uh, Moab, Edom, and the, the Amalekites, uh, he actually uh, didn't uh, follow through uh, with God's commandments concerning uh, Agag, uh, the ruler of the Amalekites. And it was said that uh, their king would be greater than Agag, uh, but Saul uh, basically uh, preserved him uh, maybe to make an uh, allegiance with him or an alliance, thinking that he might uh, benefit somehow from uh, keeping him alive. Uh, but uh, David, on the other hand, uh, God used to to subdue uh, Israel's enemies all around them uh, as they uh, came after Israel, uh, such as the Amalekites, the Moabites, the Edomites. Uh, and they're all spoken about in Numbers uh, chapter 24. Uh, in addition to, to the Ammonites, Philistines, Zobah, uh, and others as well. And the, uh, there were kings who, who brought him a tribute uh, God uh, gave him great honor and glory uh, and even exalted him uh, as his king uh, to rule over uh, his people. And then in 2 Samuel 7, uh, God uh, made a covenant uh, with David. Uh, after uh, subduing uh, his enemies around him uh, and after establishing uh, the tabernacle in bringing it to uh, Jerusalem. And as uh, D.A. Carson says, uh, now there begins to be a whole theology of Jerusalem where it's the, the city of uh, the great king. It's the city of the Davidic king 
uh, in the, the very capital of uh, God's kingdom. That's where God uh, dwells. That's his holy mountain, uh, Mount uh, Zion, uh, where uh, later his temple would be built with Solomon. And so now uh, David wanted to, to build a house uh, for, for God. And Nathan told him to, to go ahead and uh, do that. But uh, Yahweh, uh, God, uh, intervened. And so let's just pick up in verse 4 and just uh, read through so that this is uh, fresh in our minds when we look at Psalm 89. Uh, but that same night, uh, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, would you build me a house to dwell in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day. But I have been moving about in a tent for my dwelling. In all places where I have moved, with all the people of Israel, did I speak a word with any of the judges of Israel, whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now, therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, that you should be prince over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you went, and I have cut off all your enemies before you. And I will make for you uh, a great name. And so now he goes from prefacing the past, what he's already done for him. Uh, you're not going to do something for me and make, make me great. I'm going to make uh, you great. Uh, and God's name is exalted, basically, in making his own uh, people uh, great. When people see what God has done uh, to this uh, people uh, and to uh, David, uh, his king. And so uh, he says, now, uh, promising to the future, here's his covenant. And I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they may dwell in their own place and be disturbed no more. And violent men shall afflict them no more as formerly uh, from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel. Uh, and I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. And so uh, now uh, going from uh, the personal blessings to uh, David uh, and for Israel to plant them permanently, to give them peace and security. Uh, now uh, he goes to David's uh, dynasty, uh, prom promising him a dynasty that will extend far beyond him, uh, even forever, uh, from everlasting to everlasting. And so, uh, moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, and so this is uh, at uh, approaching uh, the time of his, his death, uh, he says, I will raise up your offspring after you who shall come from your own body. 
and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be to him a father, and he shall be a, to me a son. When he commits iniquity, I will discipline him with the rod of men, with the stripes of the sons of men. But my steadfast love will not depart from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I put away from before you. And so uh, here, uh, speaking, uh, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me as a son. Uh, this sonship language uh, actually, uh, the, or the, the ideas go back even really uh, to the garden uh, with uh, the first uh, man and the, the very image of God. Uh, sonship, sometimes it's just used for a, a direct immediate descendant, uh, like uh, here immediately, uh, Solomon's going to come from David's own uh, body. He, he's going to be uh, his uh, son that God's going to bring forth. Uh, sometimes it can refer uh, in Hebrew to a little more distant uh, descendant if, if they're in the line of them, uh, their, uh, their son by, uh, by descent. Uh, but a sonship also has to do with, uh, with uh, likeness uh, to uh, something. Uh, sons are like uh, their fathers. Uh, and basically, if you want to understand uh, pretty close to the the, uh, the image uh, and likeness of God uh, and the uh, the idea of offspring, uh, seed, uh, sonship, uh, when it's used uh, in this way uh, to draw likeness, uh, you can basically uh, think uh, like father, like son. Uh, and you've, uh, you've pretty much uh, got it then. Uh, because here, uh, when God takes uh, Solomon to be his son, uh, God is the ultimate king over his people, uh, Israel. Uh, he is their king. And so when he takes Solomon uh, as his son, now uh, he is like God in that he's uh, going to uh, be uh, rule over the people on behalf of God. Uh, he is going to become a king uh, under uh, God. Uh, not, not, not greater than God, not, not on the same level as God, but uh, under him. And so uh, he, uh, he is like God in that sense. Uh, but we also see that it's, uh, it's relational, that God even shows him love. And uh, he even has an inheritance where uh, God uh, gives Solomon, uh, or put it this way, uh, God's possession is Israel. Uh, Israel is God's possession. That is his kingdom. And now uh, he even gives it to Solomon to rule on his behalf. And so like he's, he's sharing in God's inheritance. Just as with uh, Adam, uh, as one made in his image and likeness, uh, he was like him. Uh, he gave him basically the whole earth uh, in creation and all of the animals. God is the ruler over all of creation. He is the creator, but he put man uh, to rule over all of it uh, on uh, his uh, behalf. Uh, and so, uh, but then with the rebellion, uh, man rebelled and wanted to build basically their own kingdom 
uh, and not uh, to depend on God and humbly submit to him. And so God is going to preserve offspring and restore uh, the blessing, restore the dominion of man uh, in God's rule over all of creation. And that's, that's really what Israel is all about. He even calls Israel uh, my firstborn. Uh, when Pharaoh uh, tries to harm Israel, God calls Israel my firstborn uh, because he basically took Israel as his own son and he's going to bring him uh, into the land that God possesses, the land of Canaan. Uh, and he's going to give them the land so that they can dwell uh, with him uh, in the land in his kingdom and be uh, uh, they uh, would then be uh, his people and he would be uh, their God. And so we see this uh, sonship language and uh, you, you can see it all throughout scripture and sometimes it's even used for uh, Barnabas is called the son of encouragement. Well, like father, like son, if, you're, if your father is encouragement, uh, you're, you're just like your father. And so he, he's very encouraging. It's, it's a characteristic uh, he shares with, uh, with his father, who is uh, encouragement, like father, like son. Or uh, if you're uh, the son of destruction, uh, Judas, as Jesus refers to him, if your father is destruction, like father, like son, uh, he is one uh, who is going to go to destruction and be uh, be destroyed. Uh, and it's used throughout. Uh, D.A. Carson even talks about how uh, Jesus was called uh, the, the son of the carpenter, Joseph, uh, because Joseph was a carpenter. Uh, but then uh, and, uh, the son would be like his father. He, he'd uh, take on the same trade uh, as the, the father. As Carson uh, says, uh, over 90% uh, of sons basically did what their, their fathers did in that time. And so they, they saw a very strong likeness uh, between uh, the two. And this helps us understand uh, how such language can be used of uh, Solomon. He, he's, not, he's not God, uh, but he, he's just a man. But uh, God makes him king uh, over uh, his people. And so uh, let's just... Uh, Read verses 12 through 17. Uh, one more time. Uh, when your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. When he commits iniquity, I will discipline him with the rod of men, with the stripes of the sons of men. But my steadfast love will not depart from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I put away from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. In accordance with all these words and in accordance with all this vision, Nathan spoke to David. And so uh, these promises uh, would go on uh, forever. And let's just, uh, let's now look at Psalm 89. Uh, David would go on uh, basically uh, to 
just speak of how wonderful and great and realize these promises were that he, he thought he was going to build a house for God. But God has made promises that speak uh, into uh, the future uh, forever, uh, on and on uh, without end. And uh, he ends, uh, now therefore may it please you to bless the house of your servant so that it may continue forever before you. For you, O Lord God, have spoken, and with your blessing shall the house of your servant be blessed forever. Uh, he recognizes that when God blesses and promises, it cannot uh, be uh, revoked. And now, uh, after uh, the time of Solomon, he set him on the throne and established his kingdom, his throne. Uh, Solomon built a temple for him. As we've discussed, uh, Solomon later fell into a great, great idolatry, uh, multiplying uh, many, many wives and foreign wives uh, who brought in uh, their pagan ways and their, uh, their uh, false gods from other lands. Uh, and he multiplied chariots and horses from, from Egypt. He multiplied gold and silver so that his heart uh, was uh, drawn away uh, from following God uh, with all of his heart. Uh, and so uh, God uh, punished him, as he said, uh, with the stripes of men and raised up uh, three times uh, people to bring judgment on his kingdom. And then with Rehoboam, his son, uh, the kingdom was a divided, and he left to him Judah and a lamp uh, to David, a, a lamp, a, a descendant uh, to remain. Uh, and he always uh, carried a descendant uh, throughout uh, with Judah uh, for uh, David uh, to be faithful to him. Uh, but uh, they ended up going through a very uh, trying times. And now, here, uh, let me just read uh, an introduction from uh, Alan P. Ross uh, about uh, this psalm uh, that we're going to uh, read. Uh, he says, uh, The royal psalm is a prayer that God would honor the Davidic covenant. The psalm is attributed to Ethan, a Levite, and a wise person, uh, and he was during the, the time of Solomon and his son, Rehoboam. Uh, but the exact occasion of its writing is unknown. Uh, various military defeats, such as the invasion of Judah by Shishak of Egypt, uh, that was early in uh, Rehoboam's time after he uh, succeeded and took the throne of his father, uh, Solomon, David's son, uh, and the Babylonian exile uh, have been uh, suggested. Uh, faced with the perplexing problems of the affliction and defeat of the anointed Davidic king, the psalmist implored the Lord to remember his oath and end this disaster. Ethan sought to motivate the Lord to answer his prayer by rehearsing the covenant promises and the divine attributes on which they rest. So, uh, the psalm is a study in the age-old apparent conflict 
between the promises of a faithful, loving God and the catastrophes that often occur. And I'd have to study it a bit more for the, the background. It's attributed to uh, Ethan, as he says, a Levite uh, and a, a wise uh, person. This was a, a believer. Uh, however, with some of the Psalms, uh, some of the attributions uh, where they take on who wrote it, uh, some of those were added uh, later on, not when the Psalm was originally written. Uh, and there were uh, scribes and such who were trying to figure out uh, who exactly wrote this or where does it uh, fit in. And so uh, some would place this with the invasion of Shishak, uh, king of Egypt, uh, during the time of Rehoboam. And uh, he came and, as I recall, uh, broke down uh, the, the walls of the city and uh, plundered it. Uh, and this was a time when uh, the kingdom uh, had been divided uh, and just Judah was left. And all of the, the, the northern tribes were split off and uh, they were almost on the verge of a full-out civil war. Uh, and now uh, the, the king uh, Shishak uh, coming uh, and devastating them uh, would uh, really uh, stun uh, the people uh, concerning God's promises uh, about uh, his king and an everlasting kingdom for uh, David uh, and for uh, his people uh, Israel, that they would be his exalted kingdom and he would subdue uh, their enemies uh, and he would bring his creation blessings to them so that they would be a blessing to all the nations of, of the earth. Uh, and so uh, this was a very uh, violent, frightful time in the history of Israel. Uh, some think, however, uh, that this might even uh, be later with the Babylonian exile in which uh, Jerusalem was utterly uh, destroyed, in the temple uh, destroyed, and uh, many, many uh, Israelites in the city slaughtered and starved to death uh, in a horrible, uh, wretched, wretched uh, time for the Israelites when judgment came upon them because uh, they had gone away from God uh, for many, uh, many uh, years. And so either way, uh, it's a time of crisis. Uh, and if it applies to the former, it applies even more uh, to uh, the latter uh, period uh, of judgment uh, that came uh, upon them. And so uh, here, uh, Ethan uh, is going to introduce uh, the psalm. Uh, he wants uh, to remind God of his faithfulness uh, to David so that he will restore his blessings uh, and he will, he will correct and bring a blessing uh, in place of this judgment uh, that has come uh, upon them. Uh, and he's uh, going to... Uh, encourage uh, God to do this and, and try to, to, to persuade him by uh, first, uh, after introducing it, by uh, recounting uh, just the, the very uh, goodness and greatness of God's character uh, as the creator and king of his people and over uh, all of the earth. And so it, it's certainly not uh, for the lack of God's goodness and greatness uh, that uh, this judgment has come upon them. Uh, and then he's going to recount uh, the covenant that God has promised 
to David uh, and his offspring. Uh, and th this will also help us see that uh, there, there's a whole line uh, of descent. Uh, and uh, here there, there's starting to be a, a building hope uh, for uh, a righteous king uh, that God would establish uh, because uh, David's uh, descendants were very, uh, very imperfect. And so uh, let's begin uh, with his introduction to the psalm. I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. With my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I said, steadfast love will be built up forever. In the heavens, you will establish your faithfulness. Uh, and here there should probably be a for uh, in the, the Hebrew text. Uh, for uh, you have said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David my servant, I will establish your offspring forever and build your throne for all generations. And so this is the theme of everything uh, that follows. It's about God's promise uh, to David uh, and his faithfulness, uh, his steadfast love uh, and loving kindness uh, for David. Uh, and his people. He, he knows uh, that God uh, is faithful. And so uh, when he later brings up his lament and complaint, uh, it's not out of unbelief uh, toward uh, God, but more just trying to, to understand it. Uh, and his uh, steadfast love uh, forever, uh, forever and ever and ever, uh, and it's established on God's covenant uh, that he swore uh, with David. Uh, I will establish your offspring forever and build your throne for all generations. And now uh, he uh, begins to uh, su support this, uh, to, to mo motivate God to, by recounting his goodness and greatness as the creator and king over all uh, of the, the earth and his, uh, his people. So let's read verses 5 through 18. Uh, let the heavens praise your wonders, O Lord, uh, your faithfulness in the assembly of the holy ones. Uh, for who in the skies can be compared to the Lord? Who among the heavenly beings is like the Lord, a God greatly to be feared in the council of the holy ones, and awesome above all who are around him? Uh, actually, uh, we won't read through the, the whole section. We'll, we'll break it up into to smaller, uh, smaller sections. Uh, but here, uh, he's already speaking of God uh, as uh, the king uh, in his heavenly court uh, in heaven, uh, surrounded by uh, angelic uh, beings uh, that he has created all around him. Uh, he is the king, uh, and he reigns uh, in uh, heaven, and so he is a certainly a great. Uh, in thinking about how how great uh, all of the the heavenly beings uh, are, uh, let the heavens praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies can be compared to the Lord? Who among the heavenly beings is like the Lord, 
uh, the, the ideas, uh, no one uh, can be compared uh, to him. Uh, he's incomparable. Uh, he's the one true uh, creator, uh, distinct uh, from everyone else. Uh, he depends on no one, but uh, his very existence is independent. And so looking at the very uh, greatest heavenly beings that God has created, you, you can't even compare them uh, to, to those that are, are in his uh, courts in the heavens. Uh, a God greatly to be feared in the council of the holy ones and awesome above all who are around him. And now uh, he's going to speak about his uh, might in uh, great power and tie it to his uh, faithfulness, uh, showing that God is certainly, it's not for lack of power uh, that God uh, cannot fulfill his covenant. O Lord, God of hosts, who is mighty as you are, O Lord, with your faithfulness all around you? You rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. You crushed Rahab like a carcass. You scattered your enemies with your mighty arm. Uh, and here, with the stilling of the seas. And does that maybe make you think of the Gospels a little bit? Uh, in Christ uh, stilling the seas. Uh, this is a common theme in the, the Psalms. Uh, and they're... Uh, drawing uh, from from this and that's why they uh, feared his disciples became very afraid uh, and when he speaks about uh, you crushed Rahab like a carcass you scattered your enemies with a mighty arm uh, this is referring to the exodus uh, in traveling uh, through uh, the sea uh, Rahab was uh, may have been a kind of a mystical serpent uh, type demon creature that was associated with uh, the Egyptians. And so when he refers to Rahab, he's actually talking about Egypt. Uh, and you, you see the parallel. You crushed Rahab like a carcass. You scattered your enemies with a mighty arm. So the sea is coming down on the Egyptians, a god uh, by his arm. And of course, he doesn't actually have an arm because he's, he's a spirit. But it, it speaks about uh, by his powerful arm, uh, he acts and brings about salvation and judgment. Uh, and so looking back to the Exodus and God, uh, even back to, to stilling uh, the seas and uh, bringing the waters upon them shows just how mighty a God uh, is. And he ties this to his uh, faithfulness. Uh, the heavens are yours. Uh, the earth also is yours. Uh, the world and all that is in it, you have founded them. The north and the south, you have created them. Tabor and Hermon joyously praise your name. And so he is the sovereign creator over all of the earth. He has created them. He is sovereign. Uh, he rules over them. And so... Uh, even the, the north and the south, all of creation, God uh, is sovereign ruler over. In Tabor and Hermon, uh, those were uh, two uh, mountains uh, in uh, Israel into the north, and Hermon by far the, the biggest. So these uh, great mountains 
they, uh, they even joyously praise God's name. They're, they're creations of, of him. Uh, you have a mighty arm. Strong is your hand. High your right hand. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. And again, a God's arm by which he, he can save and bring about salvation in judgment. Uh, it's, it's a picture, uh, a metaphor of a God's uh, mighty power uh, in uh, salvation. And it speaks about his uh, character. Uh, not only is God mighty and able to bring about all of his promises and whatever uh, he wants, and he's sovereign over all creation, ruling from the heavens above, uh, he is righteous and just. Uh, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Steadfast love and faithfulness go uh, before you. A God is the righteous, a king, uh, and he can uh, do uh, no evil, and not, he can uh, tolerate uh, nothing uh, that is wicked or any evil uh, in his, his presence. And so uh, God's promises then, uh, if he promises and he's righteous and just, uh, certainly uh, he will be faithful uh, to fulfill them. A blessed are the people who know the feastal shout, who walk, O Lord, in the light of your face. And this probably referring to uh, going to the, the feasts and uh, shouting and singing as, as they go uh, to, to God's uh, uh, feasts uh, to, to remember him and have, uh, have rest. Uh, who exalt in your name all the day and in your righteousness are exalted uh, for you are the glory of their strength. By your favor, our horn is exalted. Uh, for our shield belongs to the Lord, our King, to the Holy One of Israel. Uh, and he's basically just speaking about uh, here uh, those believers uh, who, who bless God, uh, who praise uh, his name. Uh, they find uh, their uh, their righteousness and strength and favor uh, in a God. They look to God uh, to have their horn exalted. Horn's just uh, kind of a, a picture, again, of, of power. Uh, God uh, establishes their uh, power uh, before them. And they, they look to God, to, to his holy, righteous, faithful, uh, and just uh, character uh, as uh, their strength. Uh, for our shield belongs to the Lord, our king, to the Holy One of Israel. He's their king and their defender uh, and their uh, protector. He is uh, the ultimate king, uh, and that's very appropriate uh, to now turn uh, to the covenant in which God set a king uh, to rule over his people on his behalf, uh, as God uh, himself would rule.
and we won't be uh, getting into uh, every uh, detail and trying to turn over uh, every stone, but I, I want you uh, to also see the, the big picture uh, as we go through this. Uh, so now, uh, Ethan, uh, he has announced God's faithfulness and covenant, uh, and he has uh, supported uh, this by God's uh, great and awesome and very good and righteous, faithful character in all of creation as their king. Uh, and now he's going to remind God, uh, not just of his character uh, and his awesome deeds, but uh, his uh, covenant uh, that he has promised uh, to David uh, and to his offspring after him. And so first we'll see uh, God's promises to uh, David, concerning David. Uh, verse 19. Of old you spoke in a vision to your godly one, and said, I have granted help to one who is mighty. I have exalted one chosen from the people. I have found David, my servant. With my holy oil, I have anointed him, so that my hand shall be established with him. My arm also shall strengthen him. And this uh, is speaking uh, back, uh, basically, to, to 2 Samuel 7 uh, with, uh, with uh, David and uh, God uh, having, uh, in, in the past, uh, anointed David and chosen him uh, to be uh, his, his king. Uh, and this is the one uh, that he uh, exalted, uh, and he even calls him uh, my servant. David was one who, who believed God and served him. For, for all of his faults, uh, he believed God, and when he sinned, uh, he repented. Uh, so that my hand shall be established with him, my arm shall strengthen him. Uh, again, referring to, to God's powerful arm uh, by which uh, he establishes David uh, as uh, his king. This is why he anointed him to establish a David. And now he speaks about what uh, he would do uh, in the future. And again, thinking back to the, the covenant that we were just reading about, his promises uh, that God gave through Nathan the prophet to David. Uh, the enemy shall not outwit him. The wicked shall not humble him. I will crush his foes before him and strike down those who hate him. My faithfulness and my steadfast love shall be with him, and in my name shall his horn be exalted. Here, uh, referring to uh, the enemies uh, that they're going to have, they will not overcome a David uh, and uh, exalt themselves over him and overpower him and conquer him just the opposite because God is going to destroy uh, his uh, enemies uh, just as uh, we even uh, saw. He subdued uh, David's enemies uh, for him. Uh, and here uh, he even ties this uh, again and again. We, we see it over and over uh, to his faithfulness and steadfast love. My faithfulness and steadfast love shall be with him and in my name shall his horn be exalted. I will set his hand on the sea and his right hand on uh, the rivers. And this 
uh, is basically referring to uh, the land uh, around them. As Ellen P. Ross says, uh, basically the, the Mediterranean and the, and the rivers around it, the, the sea around them. Uh, and this was the promised land that he had promised to uh, Israel. Uh, all along uh, through Israel to the, the north with uh, the Mediterranean uh, to their west uh, and the, the rivers all the way up to the north uh, touching the, the very tip of the, the Euphrates uh, River uh, that he was going to give uh, them all of this land. And so setting his hand on the sea and his right hand on uh, the, the rivers, he's going to give it to him and establish uh, it. Uh, give him uh, all of this land. Uh, uh, and this is tied in with subduing and crushing all of his enemies. He shall cry to me, You are my Father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. And I will make him the firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. My steadfast love I will keep for him forever and my covenant will stand firm for him. We see here, again, more language, a language that uh, if you're familiar with the New Testament, even what we're hearing with Bob preaching through Colossians, all of this language, son, offspring, seed, David, king, anointed, firstborn, uh, the, the firstborn uh, here, uh, he shall cry to me, you are my father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. So he trusts uh, in God and looks to, to him uh, as, uh, as his uh, father, uh, as, uh, as, as, as God, the, the one who has given him uh, all of these things. Uh, his creator, the, the one who has created him uh, and given uh, him life and set him to rule over his uh, great people. Uh, my God uh, in the rock of my uh, salvation, uh, where he finds a protection and stability and safety uh, with uh, the rock. Uh, God is called, called the rock, where people can find uh, safety uh, and refuge uh, from danger. And I will make him the firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. Firstborn, more language of sonship, uh, things that we, we see going back even, even to the, the garden uh, to refer just to, to finite humans that God has put over his creation. And, uh, and here, uh, the king over uh, the nation and the land uh, that he has established. Uh, in the firstborn was the one with the right uh, to the inheritance uh, of the, the father. And so by saying he's the firstborn, he's saying he's preeminent. Uh, the firstborn would, would have a preeminence over uh, the, uh, the sons of a father uh, that were after him, uh, after his younger, uh, younger brothers. Uh, he would have uh, the, the right uh, to uh, the inheritance. Uh, the highest of the kings of the earth. And so it's basically just referring to him. Uh, as he's going to uh, exalt uh, him. Uh, he's going to exalt him uh, as his king uh, that he has set uh, as uh, his son, the one who is to be like him and to rule as king on behalf of his people. Uh, my steadfast love I will keep for him forever and my covenant will stand firm 
for him. And he even fulfilled uh, that uh, for uh, David uh, in his lifetime, at least the first fruits uh, of it uh, for, uh, for David. But now we turn uh, to the covenant promises concerning uh, his offspring, uh, his progeny uh, after him, uh, Solomon and those uh, who uh, follow him. I will establish his offspring forever and his throne as the days of the heavens. If his children forsake my law and do not walk according to my rules, if they violate my statutes and do not keep my commandments, then I will punish their transgression with the rod and their iniquity with stripes. But I will not remove from him my steadfast love, or be false to my faithfulness. I will not violate my covenant or alter the word that went forth from my lips. Uh, once for all, I have sworn by my holiness, I will not lie to David. His offspring shall endure forever. His throne as long as the sun before me, like the moon, it shall be established forever a faithful witness in the skies. And now all of these promises here, they're bracketed by a God's faithfulness and that the, his offspring and throne will endure forever and ever and ever. But as, as we read through, uh, we read uh, the one qualification uh, that would put a limit uh, on God's a blessing uh, for a time. Uh, God, uh, I will establish his throne forever and his throne as the days of heavens. Verse 29, uh, 30. Uh, if his children forsake my law and do not walk according to my rules, if they violate my statutes and do not keep my commandments, then I will punish their transgression with the rod and their iniquity with stripes. And so uh, God's promises are secured by his holy character, by his promise, by uh, his faithfulness. Uh, what God has sworn to David concerning his offspring, concerning his throne, concerning his dynasty, uh, that it will last forever and ever and ever, is absolutely certain and secured. God has taken it upon himself to fulfill all of these promises, and so it is absolutely 100% certain that uh, this will come to pass. That said, uh, with David's descendants, uh, the timing of the fulfillment was contingent. It depended on uh, his uh, descendants. Uh, if they believed in God, uh, and they walked in accordance uh, with his rules and, and commandments uh, in the, the covenant uh, for them, uh, the Mosaic covenant, uh, then uh, th they would enjoy uh, the fullness of God's blessing uh, in the land uh, for his people. But uh, if they disobeyed, uh, then I will punish their transgression with the rod and their iniquity with stripes. Uh, for a time, 
a judgment, a temporary, uh, as D.A. Kirsten says, temporal judgment would come upon them uh, and even upon the nation as they went away uh, from God. Uh, and this is what uh, we see with the end of Solomon uh, and his sin, uh, with his son Rehoboam, uh, the kingdom was sundered, and over time uh, it it tended to decay. Uh, they'd have some some good kings over time, uh, but with kings like Ahaz that we uh, have read about uh, during the the time of Isaiah uh, and uh, Manasseh uh, after him, uh, Hezekiah's son, uh, who is an absolutely wicked king. Uh, and then there is Josiah, another good king, but following him, uh, the sins were so great of Manasseh uh, in the kings who followed Josiah that God brought ultimate destruction uh, upon them. And yet he still preserved uh, a seed uh, with, I believe, Jehoiakim uh, in, uh, in Babylon. And he preserved the seed. And although... Uh, a king did not sit on the throne again. The line of descent uh, was uh, preserved until a promised righteous uh, king uh, would come. And so God says, although uh, this judgment may come upon them, uh, verse 33, but I will not remove from him my steadfast love or be false to my faithfulness. Uh, despite uh, their disobedience, God will fulfill it. I will not violate my covenant or alter the word that went forth from my lips. Once for all, I have sworn by my holiness, I will not lie to David. His offspring shall endure forever. Uh, his throne as long as the sun before me. God swears by himself and by his own holy and righteous character uh, that he will fulfill it because he can swear by no one higher uh, but only uh, by himself. I will not lie to David. His offspring shall endure forever. His throne as long as the sun be for me. Like the moon it shall be established forever. A faithful witness in the skies uh, and pointing to the sun and the moon uh, which have uh, continued since the very beginning of creation forever and ever. Uh, basically, uh, there is no stronger picture of the firmness uh, and conviction uh, with which a God has sworn to David and he will fulfill it other than swearing by his, his own holy and righteous uh, character. And so uh, now... Uh, with uh, Ezra or e Ethan the, the Ezraite uh, now uh, that he has pointed to God's uh, faithfulness in great and good righteous character in all of creation as king and sovereign overall it's not for a lack of power it's not a la for a lack of goodness and faithfulness and righteousness and justice of God. Uh, it's also not for a lack of uh, his covenant that he has sworn uh, to David uh, and to uh, his offspring, 
after him uh, that a judgment has come uh, upon them. Now, uh, Ethan is going to remind God, or he, he's, he's going to lament to God about uh, the judgment uh, that has come upon them. Uh, and now we will see his complaint uh, followed by crying out to God uh, to, uh, to bring about uh, all of his uh, promises. And so now we see the judgment. Uh, verse 38. But now you have cast off and rejected. You are full of wrath against your anointed. You have renounced the covenant with your servant. You have defiled his crown in the dust. You have breached all his walls. You have laid his strongholds in ruins. All who pass by plunder him. He has become the scorn of his neighbors. You have exalted the right hand of his foes. You have made all of his enemies rejoice. You have also turned back the edge of his sword, and you have not made him stand in battle. You have made his splendor to cease and cast his throne to the ground. You have cut short the days of his youth and have covered him with shame. Now, talking about the anointed, uh, the offspring of David uh, after him, now it seems like everything is absolutely turned on its head upside down from what God had promised uh, to David concerning David and uh, his offspring and his throne and dynasty uh, after him. Uh, verse 38 again, uh, but now uh, you have cast off and rejected. You are full of wrath against your anointed. You have renounced the covenant with your servant. You have defiled his crown in uh, the dust. And so this looks like a tremendous rejection of uh, the king uh, that God has established, uh, the anointed one. He's, he's even, it says, full of wrath uh, against him, uh, bringing judgment upon the king, upon uh, the kingdom uh, for their sins. Uh, he, even, even saying, uh, Nathan, so extreme, uh, you have renounced the covenant with uh, your servant. Now, of course, he believes uh, that God will be faithful to his co covenant as we're going to again see but this judgment is so severe that it looks like God has utterly renounced his covenant uh, with the king uh, and broken it, uh, his uh, faithfulness. You have defiled his crown uh, in uh, the dust. Uh, and this also uh, for the king in, in, his, in his disobedience, uh, God did punish, uh, he did uh, bring judgment upon him. And so he didn't enjoy uh, all of the blessings. Uh, and here we see his enemies, what his enemies uh, have done to him. Uh, you have, you, God, he's saying, you have breached all his walls. You have laid his strongholds in ruins. All who pass by plunder him. He has become the scorn of his neighbors. Uh, talking about God, e even though his enemies have actually come and done this. Whether Shishak, the king of Egypt, 
or the Babylonians later who brought down the, the walls and the strongholds, uh, Ethan is saying ultimately he knows that God himself is sovereign over all of this. He is the one in control. No human king can bring destruction upon uh, the, uh, the, the human king of Israel uh, or upon Jerusalem or upon the nation unless God has allowed it and he has brought it uh, about. You have breached all his walls. You have laid his strongholds in ruins. All who pass by plunder him. He has become the scorn of his neighbors. You have exalted the right hand of his foes. You have made all his enemies rejoice. And this sounds like the radical opposite of what he promised. Uh, he was going to exalt uh, David. Uh, he was going to subdue uh, and conquer all of his enemies. But now uh, it's his walls that lay in ruins. Now it's the, it's the nations and the people that are plundering uh, him and, and taking all of their gold and silver uh, and all that they, they have. Uh, he has become the scorn of his neighbors. Uh, you have exalted the right hand of his foes. You have made all his enemies rejoice. Normally it talks about God exalting uh, the right hand of his king, of his people, of his nation. But now he has exalted the, the very hand of the, the enemies. And so Ethan is like, how can this be, God, that you would do this and bring this about? That the enemies are rejoicing over uh, your anointed king. Uh, you have also turned back the edge of his sword, and you have not made him stand in battle. You have made his splendor to cease and cast throne, or cast his throne to uh, the ground. Uh, you have cut short the days of his youth. You have covered him with shame. And so he falls and stumbles in battle uh, because there's nothing that anyone can do uh, if their trust isn't in God, uh, they will fall uh, in battle. And so God has assured uh, his defeat before uh, his enemies so that now his splendor, his throne, his youth uh, are all brought down and he's covered in shame and reproach uh, for all of uh, these things. And so now that everything uh, seems to be turned upside down uh, and Nathan has recounted for God uh, about his faithfulness uh, and what has actually come to pass which seems the very opposite of all of his promises now uh, his lament uh, in uh, verse 46 how long O Lord uh, will how long O Lord will you hide yourself forever how long will your wrath burn like fire? Remember how short my time is. For what vanity have you created all the children of men? What man can live and never see death? Who can deliver his soul from the power of Sheol? Uh, Selah. And Selah, that, that's the break. But uh, here, uh, speaking about uh, how long, O Lord, how long, uh, will this uh, continue? Will you hide yourself forever? It's as if God has hidden himself 
from his people uh, and doesn't even notice them or care for them uh, because of all the judgment uh, that has come upon them. And uh, he, he wants an end, end of, of this. How long will your wrath burn like fire as his wrath and anger and judgment comes upon even upon his own people uh, because they turned away from him uh, to idolatry uh, and to wicked and evil deeds and uh, sin and murder and violence and, uh, and lying and cheating and stealing and uh, all of the sins uh, that the kings, uh, the evil kings and, and such uh, brought uh, upon the people and sinned against, uh, against God. Uh, and now he wants God to remember, uh, remember how short my time is. Uh, Ethan wants to see the promises of God uh, to be fulfilled. Uh, he's uh, he's uh, seen God's covenantal promises to David. Uh, he knows of them. Uh, he believes in God. He trusts that God will bring them about. He will raise up David's offspring. He will exalt his anointed uh, in his kingdom uh, and bring blessing to Israel and his king uh, into all of the nations. But, Lord, remember how short my time is. Uh, for what vanity have you created all the children of man? Uh, what man can live and never see death? Who can deliver his soul from the power of Sheol, the abode of uh, the dead. And so as the Davidic kingdom, uh, if this is a transitioning from Solomon to Rehoboam, it now turns from glory, thinking that the promises uh, were uh, being fulfilled uh, in coming uh, to their fulfillment to enjoy a blessing uh, forevermore. Uh, now judgment and wrath in destruction and their very enemies are being exalted uh, instead uh, of them. And so uh, if you think about the, the distress uh, that was around them uh, with uh, judgment uh, that, that came upon, even bloodshed and violence against the people, uh, the walls breaking down, uh, their enemies uh, plundering uh, the people uh, in, in Jerusalem, uh, and just the fear and the dread that it would bring, bring about if you're in, under invasion by uh, foreign people uh, that don't even speak uh, your language. Uh, and seeing all of this coming upon him, uh, now he is wondering, how will I ever see your promises fulfilled when I am going to, to die? Uh, he, he's going to die. All, all people uh, go uh, to, to the grave, uh, to Sheol, uh, to the abode of the dead. And so he's reminding God, remember how short my time is that you would bring about these promises that, that I believe. Will I never see them? Am I to go to the grave without seeing what you have promised to David, without seeing your your loving faithfulness and steadfast kindness. Uh, in verse 49, Lord, where is your steadfast love of old, which by your faithfulness you swore to David? Remember, O Lord, 
how your servants are mocked, and how I bear in my heart the insults of all the many nations, with which your enemies mock, O Lord, with which they mock the footsteps of your anointed. So here he takes to heart uh, that God's servants, God's people, uh, and even uh, believers uh, and the, the king are now mocked and ridiculed uh, by all of the nations uh, around them. Uh, and really uh, to mock uh, the people of God and to mock uh, his anointed, uh, his king uh, that he has established over his people is to mock a God himself. It's, it's to mock uh, Yahweh, uh, the God of Israel, uh, the God of Jacob, uh, the Holy One of uh, Israel. Uh, and so uh, here, uh, even Ethan, uh, he takes it uh, to heart, all of these insults of uh, the nations. Uh, and even God, uh, looking back uh, to his promises, where he swears by himself and by his own name and holiness, uh, even to Deuteronomy 32, uh, a poem of, of Moses about uh, about Israel and their rebellion, constant rebellion against God, so that he would give them over uh, to judgment. Uh, God says, and I would have made a full end of them uh, because of their rebellion and evil and wickedness. If not, the nations wouldn't have misunderstood uh, and mocked him and thought that they had overcome a God, uh, the, the creator of the universe, uh, the faithful God who makes uh, promises uh, and shows everlasting steadfast kindness uh, to all of his people, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, uh, David, uh, and all uh, who trust uh, in, uh, in him. And so, uh, Lord, where is your steadfast love of old, uh, which by your faithfulness you swore to David? Remember, O Lord, how your servants are mocked and how I bear the ins how I bear in my heart to the insults of all the many nations uh, with which your enemies mock, O Lord, uh, with which they mock the footsteps of your anointed. And he ends, blessed be the Lord forever. Amen and amen. Uh, blessed be Yahweh forever. Amen and amen. And so despite all of this that has come upon them, he reminds God, he bring, brings his lament to him. Uh, he clearly, uh, he does not understand how all of this could come upon them, but he still believes that God uh, will be steadfast uh, in all of his promises and that one way or another, uh, he will uh, raise up uh, offspring uh, for David uh, and establish his throne and his kingdom and his blessing uh, for the nation uh, forever uh, and ever. Uh, and really, uh, when you think about then, when, when you turn to just like Matthew, uh, and, uh, after the uh, the, the time of Rehoboam and things even got worse and worse over time. Uh, and then with the Babylonian exile where they were utterly destroyed and scattered uh, amidst all of the, the nations uh, to even foreign peoples uh, around them. 
uh, and there was no king on the throne for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds uh, of, of years, uh, except for uh, maybe a little bit with the, the Hasmoneans, uh, who, uh, as I recall, they, they weren't even really in the, 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 the correct uh, Davidic line, that uh, at the time that, that Jesus uh, came, uh, almost, uh, almost 600 years uh, after uh, the, the, the throne had been, been brought down, uh, you read uh, in Matthew, uh, chapter 1, verse 1, uh, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, Jesus the anointed. That's what, that's what Christ means. Uh, Jesus the, the anointed, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And so he raises up uh, a seed uh, for, uh, for David and for uh, Abraham. Uh, according uh, to all of his uh, his promises, and uh, he uh, is uh, the Christ. Uh, he is uh, the Anointed, and I hope this helps uh, helps you just understand and see a little bit uh, God's promises and how how all of this language, uh, even like image and in likeness, uh, that that man was created to to uh, to be uh, in a finite, limited way uh, like God. God is the creator and king over all of creation, and man was the last of all of his creation, uh, exalted above all of the creatures, over all of the creation, uh, and he put everything under his feet, uh, just uh, just like a son, uh, with you, as you would with a son. It's it's the very uh, same language, and we'll, we'll be seeing it through. Uh, throughout Genesis, uh, image and sonship uh, and uh, offspring, this, this likeness between them, this correspondence. Uh, and after uh, the, the fall, God had given uh, them absolutely everything, glory and honor and dignity and majesty uh, as uh, his creatures, uh, providing for them uh, everything uh, everything they needed for uh, for food uh, and to sustain life uh, in in beauty uh, and even the the the, the pinnacle uh, of uh, the creation in the garden the woman for the man uh, and there was a a marriage there he, he even brought the woman uh, to uh, to to the man and I, I think you even see imagery where uh, Luke even connects uh, this idea of sonship where he traces the genealogy of Jesus. Uh, son of Seth, son of Adam, son of God. Uh, there, there is a sense in which Adam uh, was uh, God's son uh, as far as creating him and putting him uh, over uh, the, the creation. And uh, as I read with uh, one commentator, uh, he is even speaking about uh, that Luke also draws that uh, that the, the Holy Spirit uh, um Created, uh, and, and he 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 was uh, he was an intermediary and an agent in bringing about the eternal Son, the the one who existed in heaven as God with God for all eternity. Uh, he was instrumental in the incarnation, uh, as uh, with Mary, uh, with the the child uh, that was brought forth by uh, the Holy Spirit, and also so with Adam 
uh, God created and, and the Holy Spirit was also instrumental uh, and at work uh, there. And so uh, we see that uh, all of these things uh, tied together where now with the, the image uh, and the offspring and the sonship uh, and all of these themes, prophet, king, priest, uh, that Christ uh, is the ideal Israelite, uh, the one who fulfills all of God's purposes uh, for his people Israel, uh, for his uh, king, uh, for uh, David, uh, and for all uh, who trust uh, in him to bring about his promises. And uh, he is their head uh, and representative. Uh, and, uh, and through him, uh, all of God's purposes are realized. And uh, one day uh, Israel will be restored uh, as a nation. And uh, the, the purposes, all of God's purposes for them uh, will be uh, fulfilled because of the, uh, the Messiah who came to, uh, to redeem them. So, uh, next time, uh, Lord willing, uh, we'll be getting back into to Genesis, but we, we've been trying to get back there a number of times, but um, thankful and, and glad that uh, we are able to, to look at these things. All scripture is God-breathed, God and uh, all of this helps us understand uh, understand Christ more and to know God, uh, God all, all the more. And so, let's just uh, close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you uh, for your word and for your steadfast love and faithfulness that you've shown to David and uh, all of your covenants and promises that uh, you swore by uh, your uh, very holy character and by uh, yourself uh, so that uh, you can be trusted and uh, that we even see, unlike uh, Ethan uh, at this time uh, he couldn't see uh, and quite understand how uh, all of your promises could could come to pass uh, with the judgment that had come upon the the king and the nation but uh, we uh, see through your word uh, all the more that uh, you have brought about a savior uh, you have raised up uh, a godly righteous offspring uh, for david uh, who is not just your son uh, as a human king to uh, rule on your behalf, but who is uh, your very uh, eternal son uh, who has existed uh, with you uh, and himself uh, being God for all uh, eternity in perfect communion with you. And we thank you that you have given us uh, such a righteous and holy Savior who uh, can save us from all of our sins uh, by his death and resurrection and his death uh, on our behalf. And we thank you uh, for all of these things and we uh, give you all the glory uh, and honor. Um, we pray in the name of your son. Amen. Amen.